Hi everyone, Dave here. Uh, thanks for joining us for another episode of Legends of the Spire. Um, on the podcast this week, we are joined by Sam Morsi, um, the current Middlesbrough player and Egypt International. Uh, was with Chesterfield from 2013 to 2016. In those kind of two and a bit years, uh, it was unparalleled success, uh, really, when Paul Cook was at the helm as we won the league title in 2013-14 uh, season and then got to the League One playoffs in 14-15. In um, it was great to have him with us to talk about that squad at the time and what it was like playing under Paul Cook. Um, some great players uh, around that time with, with people like Gary Roberts and um, Owen Doyle and Ian Everett and his, his mate Jimmy Ryan in midfield as well as they had one of the greatest midfield partnerships for Chesterfield certainly in recent times, maybe maybe all time, who knows. Um, as always, we're on at Spire Legends and Legends of the Spire on Facebook. Uh, if you do want to get in touch, uh, please do. Um, I hope you all enjoy the episode. Sam was one of the quickest players to reply uh, when I asked him if he'd wanted to come on the podcast. He loved his time at Chesterfield, still has a huge affinity with the club. Have a feeling he might be back one day before he retires, who knows. Um, but I hope you all enjoy the episode. This is the one and only Sam Morsey. Chased by Klukas, keeps it in place, Sam Klukas. On his wrong foot at the moment, though. Morsi. Gary Roberts. It's a good ball. Adeyemi with a chance here. Pulls you back for Morsi! I always like to start at the beginning, if that's all right. So, before we get into the whole Chesterfield thing, which we'll obviously have a good chat about. But, like your early footballing memories because obviously from Wolverhampton aren't you um uh so who was who were your kind of idols and your team that you were following as you were growing up um it was Wolves really um it was Wolves and I used to love the Brazil teams um the Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Rivaldo I always mm. remember the the World Cup game against England um when we watch at school I'd come in with my Brazil shirt um, so I love the style of player. And then Wolves, really, followed Wolves. Um, so it was the Paul Ince era, mm -hmm. uh, Alex Ray, Colin Cameron. I always used to go to the Wolves on a Saturday. We used to get free tickets being in the academy. So it was always following Wolves, really. That was my hometown club. Yeah. And then, but then you got, um, you were with them, weren't you, as a, as a kid, but then left when you were, well, you were about 17, something like that. You went to Port Vale. I was there seven to sixteen. I I was released. I didn't get a scholarship, and then from there I got a scholarship at Port Vale and started my career there. Yeah, and um, and and yeah, Port Vale. So you you made your breakthrough there, didn't you? And it was um, it was like Mickey Adams and I think Jim Gannon, and then Mickey Adams came back again, didn't he? Yeah. Um. So what was it like, kind of finding your feet those uh, early days? Um, Port Vale was completely different environment to Wolves. It was like. The real world, really going in. Um, Wolves, you had every, everything done for you. Um, you know, you were treated like you treat like a first team player, even as kids, really. And then going to Port Vale was a complete culture shock. So it took some time to adapt in there, and then break into the first team. It was Jim Gannon who showed that initial faith in me, put that trust in me, played me. And what all young players need is just trust to play, really. And then Mickey's come back. Um, Played all the first half of the season. I got sent off in the game. 
Um, then from then, I didn't really feature as much. Um, I think for younger players, obviously, Jim definitely helped me a lot, helped develop me, put a lot of confidence in me and, and Mickey. You know, it, it's hard, really, because football such a results-based business. You Sometimes, as managers, you can't nurture the players. Or mm. I didn't really get that, to be honest. I had that with Jim. I didn't really get that. And then from there, I moved on to Chesterfield. Yeah, and... And like when you came to Chesterfield, there was there was like a bit of a I don't know a, a, a bit of uh, noise that came out from Port Vale, I suppose, when you signed in that you were a bit of a uh, I don't know you're a bit uncontrollable or you're uh, you know and you, there was the whole thing with Mickey Adams he called you like a coward or something when you were sent off or something like that. So you, it, I don't know whether it was Port Vale just making a bit of noise because they were not very happy that you'd signed for us instead. But I suppose as a player, you're not allowed to really come out and stand up for yourself are you i suppose it's not a bit frowned upon isn't it i'll be honest with you i called him a coward after the game so yeah he's a coward because there's no uh, there's no way that i can say to him well you know you've gone for the ball there yeah no no, no you're not um it was an interesting one really um i got sent off in a game and he said yeah it was a coward's tackle and things like this which you should never really have said in the press, you know, you could have said whatever you like to me, but but that was that was up to him really. That I think that done more damage to him than it did me, to be honest with you. Um so I've come as his reputation, but I think at Port Vale I only got sent off once in a couple of seasons. So certainly wasn't I was I was a lot less disciplined than what I am now, but once ending off in three years, certainly I don't think I'm disciplined. So yeah, it's come out with that. Um they offered me a contract. And I think that was just because that was prompt from a board from the chairman. The chairman wanted to keep me. But I remember the first conversation with Cook, he convinced me, you know, this team's going to win the league. He'd sold me on it. He completely convinced. My mindset was, right, I'm going to Chesterfield and I'm going to win the league in my first season and back in League One because I've got promoted Port Vale. And he'd completely convinced me, to be honest, and that was one of his many qualities, the motivation, the psychology of it in the end. Um, we had some amazing seasons there. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's quite a character, isn't he? <laughs> it's fair to say. Yeah. No, no, he's brilliant. He's brilliant for me. Yeah, really enjoyed working with him. And, um, and yeah, what, so what did he say then when you, when, when you signed? What did he... And we, had we already... Because, I mean, we signed some absolutely stellar players that, that summer. It was just ridiculous looking back. Some of those must have already been signed. So what was he saying to you when he was... Um, I don't think Gary was signed yet. He was on the verge of signing. Um, I think a lot of them was the verge of signing, to be honest. I remember him ringing me and he was just outlining me the vision, how we're going to play. And he said, listen, we're going to win this league this season. So we're going to batter everyone. We're going to play this. Um, you're going to be an integral part. We're signing Gary Roberts, which I thought, wow, you know, he's obviously been a top player. Um, and I was just blown away from the first conversation. I don't remember the first conversation. I was just like, I remember telling friends, family, like, we get promoted this season, we're winning the league. And they obviously finished, was it eighth before I come that season? Yeah, just missed out on the playoffs that season. Playoffs. But there was just complete, I was completely convinced, and everyone who came as well was completely convinced, you know, we're going to dominate the league, which we did. And it was a great season, you know, I'll always remember it because on many occasions, uh, managers and opposition would say, this is the best League Two teams I've ever seen. Uh, so I think it was that good in terms of style. And, you know, we used to batter teams, didn't we? 
Mm. It, it was it was great days, but yeah, that that motivation early on, I was I was convinced we'd win the league before we even seen the players. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's only in my whole time supporting Chesterfield, there's only two things where I've ever thought I need to sit back and enjoy it, make sure I enjoy it a bit. It's not going to last, and that was any game that Jack Lester played in, yeah. um, and those seasons under Cook, because when when it was like a well-oiled machine and it just clipped into gear, it was just breathtaking at times. As you stood in the middle of the pitch, you've obviously got a 360 degree view of everything that's happening. Was it, did you ever get moments where you just kind of stood, got, had a chance to stand back and think, oh yeah, this is really good? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, that first season, and even the second season to be fair, but that first season, we was just putting teams to the sword, you know. Just the way we was playing chance after chance. I'll always remember when we played Mansfield at home, we lost 1-0. Mm. But we've just, we've pinned them in for the entire game and just absolutely battered them chance after chance after chance. And that was probably the first time where I thought, yeah, this is a proper team here. Uh, and it just got better and better, really. Like, it was a joy to play in. The majority team have gone on to play higher. Mm. Um, but it, I think it was just the biggest thing was the style, wasn't it? It wasn't just about points on the board. It was the style we did it, the excitement. I'd always remember um, home games, come onto the pitch, should be singing mine and Jimmy's song. And the atmosphere used to be electric. You know, you'd come on. We'd go into the warm-up with Shinner. The, the pitch would always be perfect. Water, you know, we'd be smashing balls into each other. On the floor, real tempo, ball fizzing about. And then, yeah, the atmosphere was amazing. You know, you'd hear the drums and the fans would be well up for the game because more often than not, they knew what would be coming. And it was just an electric atmosphere, really. And it was it was amazing to play for. Yeah. And what, and what were those early training sessions like? What's what's a, like a typical Paul Cook training session? Um, he's, pre-season was really tough. He's always done a tough pre-season in and out of the boxing gyms and different things like that. And Shinner was a fitness coach at the time as well. And he was brilliant because he mixed the old school with the new school element as well. So I really enjoyed that pre-season. Um, and a lot of it was shape. Obviously, we played 4-2-3-1. How to be really effective in that. Um, and a lot of it was just getting, getting to know each other's positions, working with each other, building relationships. Um, and, and it was good. The five-a-sides and the seven-a-sides were really good as well. But with the, with that gaff, it was all geared towards Saturday. So he certainly wouldn't burn you out during the week. It would be, you know, a slow burner. Then on a Saturday, you're ready. Hmm. Yeah, and, and the definite noticeable difference is that people actually wanted the ball yeah. under a Paul Cook team. Whereas, I mean, definitely since... <laughs> <laughs> we've had a bunch of players that didn't want to be anywhere near the football so I, I imagine he, he did he like give you a football to take home and put to bed with you or anything like that well, well that was it actually he made uh, the Riqua carry a ball with him all around the training we'd always be playing um, head tennis in the back and he'd be playing that as well everything was ball work everything was ball work um, the, the way we played you had to be brave you can't play the way we played not everyone wants a ball um, and we had that in abundance. We had all the back four were comfortable with it. Tommy Lee was comfortable. The midfielders were comfortable. Everyone wanted the ball. Everyone wanted to receive the ball. So everyone was on that same wavelength, really, of the way we played, and, and that suited everyone down to the ground. Yeah. And um, 
and Drew Tolbert, we uh, I had a chat with him and he was talking about how him and uh, Nathan Smith were called into the office and kind of slipped a piece of paper and like told to read it. And then Paul Cook said, can you do it? And they were like, yeah. And he was like, okay, you'll be in my team then. I wondered if he did anything like that with you. No, no, no. <laughs> nothing like that with me. <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, from the get-go, he was he had full trust, full faith in me. He never put me on the bench once. Um, and doing that gives you a lot of confidence. And mm. it's a two-way thing, isn't it? So for him doing that to me is a massive respect and show of faith in me. But then also, obviously, I have to perform as well and give it everything I got. So it's a two-way street. And he give me that confidence. And because I was pretty much undroppable in a team, but I didn't see that as, right, I can rest on my laurels. Mm. I saw that as, you know, I've got to run through a brick wall for this manager, really. He's given me that much trust and that much faith. I have to repay it. And that's why I think our relationship works so well. Yeah. And it kind of went all around the club as well, didn't it? Because um, I spoke to Tony Lorna, who was great player for his in his own uh, right but was kit man around then and he was saying how there used to be like a team meeting every Monday morning where it was like the whole club not just like the squad but like everyone had been involved with it and he, he was really good at, at doing that wasn't he kind of involving kind of the whole club the whole community and that how he built it yeah he brought everyone together and that was powerful you know it was um you know them two years at Chesterfield were, were amazing everyone involved absolutely loved it the fans were buzzing, you know, you'd be out or in the town and there was just a real feel-good factor about the town. It was, and I think he helped bring that, mm. um, you know, from the kit man to the cleaners, everyone was involved, everyone felt like there was a part of it because if you want to build a good organisation, you need everyone, you know, absolutely. No two ways about it, you need everyone and it was just building that atmosphere. It was bubbling the way lovely and in a shame, it was, um, in a way, sorry, the way it ended was a shame. Yeah. And and I was so if we go to like the start of the season, I've just got the fixtures like next to me. And I was looking at it, and we never dropped below fifth, I don't think, in that season. I think I was like the lowest we ever were, and even that was just for like a week or two. So like we started off straight away, really, just hit the ground running, didn't we? Was it um was it a surprise how easy it was you clicked in, or was did you all expect that? It's probably a bit of a surprise, to be honest. I mean, some games early doors away because there was a lot of new players, wasn't there? Um he was there was Evo who just signed. Um, there was myself, Jimmy Ryan, Gabby Roberts, Doyler. You know, there was a lot of the eleven who just signed. But we just seemed to click straight away, to be honest. Just seemed to click me and Jimmy clicked straight away in the middle of the park. Um and it it, it was a little bit surprising from honest, where it was all like, Wow, you know, we just going out with his battering teams. Um and then obviously every season there are Sticky points where you're not winning a few or whatever. Um, but pretty much that season was, it, it was plain sailing really and the football we was playing as well. We was the best team in the league by mile. Well. These can't get hold of it no, now and it's just yeah, a good yeah, in possession. You know, we've not really gone, you know, Norris isn't really getting into the game Tom. You know, from their point of view, they, they actually passed the ball a bit on us now. Very nicely. Here's Tolbert on the right. He's got their equal just inside him, inside right channel. He'll play the return pass for the flying fullback. Great cross towards the back post, header and a goal. And it's a fantastic goal for Chesterfield. Well worked, Tolbert involved. A fantastic cross into the penalty area. And the header down past Paddy Kenny. It was a pinpoint cross and it was a pinpoint finishing from that kind of range. That far out of goal. There was no chance for the Leeds United goalkeeper. And Leeds United in the Capital One Cup first round find themselves one down. 
Yeah. And that away game at Leeds, um, it was only like second game of the season, but I think everyone kind of knew after that game that it was something a bit special because we, I mean, we narrowly lost that game, but kind of played so well in that match. No, definitely. And that, that was probably a shock, if I'm honest, because the first sort of five or six games in a season, you don't know how they're going to go. Everyone's still learning each other, whatever. But yeah, the Leeds game was huge. We, you know, we played them off the park at Ellen Road. And that's when I think we all sort of knew, right, we're going to do something this season. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and what was the personality like in, in that squad? Because again, like when we sp- spoke to Drew Talbot, he, he remembers like when we won up to Sheridan a few years before, it was quite fun. Uh, but he said with this squad, because Cook was so tough in, in what he wanted to achieve, that everyone was just quite focused mm. for it. What was what? How does it compare to all the squads you've been part of? Um, yeah, the, there was definitely a focus there. There was there was a lot of good characters there. It was that mix between there was senior players, obviously like Drew, like Gary Roberts, um, Evo, Richie Humphreys, Mark Richards. There was people like this who senior players, whatever. Then. There was younger players as well coming through and it was a good mix. It was, everyone was really focused. Um, we all knew what we wanted to do, what we wanted to achieve. And yeah, we, there was a, a relentlessness in getting it. Mm. Um, I think the manager as well, he was absolutely desperate for success as well. And when a manager's like that, it just filters down to the team. Yeah. Well, one mention I did want to, uh, one game I did want to mention was the Morecambe away game, which was, I remember going going to that game with a oh. friend, <laughs> and we were three 0 up at half time, and then oh. <laughs> and then it all went a bit wrong. So I know we're going to talk about a lot of success, but I wanted to mention that game. What was, what was that like playing in? <laughs> yeah, that that game was a disaster. Um, you know, when it's three 0 I thought it was going to be seven or eight. Generally, thought it was going to be seven or eight. We were playing so well as well, weren't we? But. <laughs> It's just football, isn't it? I think it was Evo's first game, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think there was like uh, the two or three subs that it was just seemed yeah. that Cook was trying to bring on someone to shore it up and then it would just go the complete opposite way. It was just kind of one of those games, I suppose, wasn't it? It, it happens, but I, I guess sometimes you need those games because we had all the plaudits. Everyone was saying, what a team. And then that happened. To concede four and a half against Morecambe is outrageous isn't it so um but that was a reality check we need that reality check where everyone right refocus go again and i think in every season every promotion season or when you're trying to win something sometimes you just need that little bit of reality check Hmm. yeah it was a long long trip home but i mean you look you look back on it and you kind of laugh about games like that i suppose what makes football so good isn't it Roberts has been lively all season. He's been in excellent form. Chance here, goal. Morsi with his first goal for Chesterfield. It's not taking him long. Five minutes at the Prague Stadium. Um, and then, and then, yeah. So your partnership with Jimmy Ryan, like, it, it was. It almost felt like you'd played, been playing together for like a decade or something, because it just seemed to click straight away and you seemed to know what each other would do. Um, did it, how, how much work was that on the training and on the training ground and how much was it? It was just like a natural thing. I think it's just a natural thing, to be honest. It was just a natural thing. Um, 
I played with a player who wasn't too dissimilar the season before, and Chris Sugar. And I've done really well with him as well. So we've come in. Obviously, there was work on the training ground when we did shape. Um, but to be honest, it was just one of those things. You know, we, we played well together. We knew how to cover each other. We both had sort of different but similar attributes in terms of both worked hard, both wanted to get on the ball, both wanted to pass it on the floor. Um, and it just come together. And as the season went by, it just strengthened and strengthened. Yeah. And what kind of things were you saying to each other? Like throughout the match, was it kind of I'll go, you go? Uh, yeah, sometimes, but not much. If I'm honest, not a lot. It was just, it was just natural, really. If he'd be in different areas, I'd cover him. If I'd go to different areas, he'd cover me. There'd be a little bit of communication, but there wouldn't be a load of communication. It would just be we'd go for each other, really. There'd be some games where. You know, he might be running the game and I might be his foil and other games the way around where I'm dominating the game and he's my foil and sometimes we're both doing it or, you know, it, it just worked. We both helped each other. We both wanted to accept the responsibility and to help each other. Mm, yeah. And, um, and yeah, another thing is that um, the, the, the JPT run as well that season, um, which obviously ultimately was a bit disappointing because we, we lost it in the end. But... Um, well, it's a Wembley trip, isn't it? And it was, I mean, it's another nice cup run, isn't it, that you that you have? And it was so close to having a league and cup double as well that season. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. It was a really good run. Um, some good nights. Remember the night at Fleetwood when we we confirmed it. Um, and we played well that day as well. We played really well that day. We was really unlucky. Um, but that again was another, it was another great experience and it was another reminder to say next season, right, we're going to, be right up there because it gives us that game gives us a belief playing against opposition high. I think Peterborough did they get in the playoffs last season? I, I don't know, but I know they was they had a decent team in they Brick scored a bit some longer, um, and that they had a good team to be fair to them. McCann played in the the manager now of Hall, he played um, so they had a decent team, but that was definitely a game where we thought right next season we're going to be okay. Yeah, and, and was that um, what what was that like for you just playing it? Playing at Wembley because I mean still weren't still pretty early in your career, aren't you? I suppose it must have yeah. been. What was the experience like? No, it was amazing. It's just the whole build up. Um, you see it a day before, then everyone's suited, and the travelling, and um, no, really good. I remember the manager said to me, "You know, I'm the coach. Have five minutes to reflect, and I want you to think about how well you've done this season, and just enjoy the game. So little things like that. But it, it was amazing to play in Wembley." You know, you see the flames before and you see all the fans and the atmosphere is electric. Um, so that was an amazing experience. And the funny thing is, everyone says it, when they play at Wembley, especially early on, you think you're going to go back every year. <laughs> but the reality is, you know, if you play there once in your career, you've been lucky. And what's it? What's the surface like to actually play on? Because I've had quite a few players on now that have played at Wembley and they've all... Kind of said that it's not really the best surface to play on, really. It's a bit spongy. Um, if I remember right, it was it was good, but without you know being that pristine carpet you'd think. But I think it was decent, hmm. if I remember rightly, yeah. But didn't measure up to pro act, I'm assuming. No, <laughs> as it is, no the grounds did a good job there, to be fair, did a really <laughs> good job. <laughs> and you mentioned Shinner a bit earlier on because I wanted to. I wanted to mention him because he was his 
it, it seemed like a really key part of that yeah. squad and that team at that time. And he was really unfortunate when, I think, was it Dean Saunders that let him go? Or I, I can't remember. Um, but he, he was kind of pivotal, wasn't he, to that squad? Yeah, Shinner was brilliant. Um, not just at his job, which he did really well, but also in team meetings, the gaffer would always want Shinner's perspective. He really trusted him. Um, I did a lot of work with Shane as well and he sort of helped me physically and like again he had that old school mentality but also the new school training as well so it was a really good blend everyone felt really fit everyone felt sharp and um, no obviously Shane's a great guy and he was a big part of it he was a big part of it because you could talk to him on a level Um, because sometimes as a player you don't want to speak to the coaching staff about certain things but if you were to speak to another member of staff, you need to know the trust is there. And Shinner was someone who I always 100% trusted and he did a great job. And obviously now he's at Derby now. And I think the sort of guy he is, someone like that in your dressing room at your club, he's only going to benefit you. And like, and like you say, he's got a lot of life experience as well, hasn't he, from his career, which obviously for a, a player like you that's maturing, um, it's kind of key to have someone like that, isn't it? And I suppose you have players like Evo around you as well that have kind of been there, done it as well, haven't you? No, it's massive because you need that as well. Like, not even when it's going well, when it's not going well, when sometimes keep your feet on the ground. And, and Shinnam was great at that. Again, like, he, he built up a good relationship with a lot of the players. I had a great relationship with him. I still speak with him now. And when you've got someone like that that, that can drop, guide you, you know, you fully trust them. You know, from they say it's for your best intentions, and it was great to work under him. Yeah, and what were your key memories in that um, in that league winning season? Were there any games that stuck out for you? Um, I'm putting you well on the spot because it's like 46 of them. <laughs> yeah, Oxford away was one because I remember they was meant to be up there, and I remember we played really, really well that game. Um, Mansfield. That was one as well at home, even when we, even though we lost, just because I thought we played that well. Um, York away, I think we won three or four nil or something, but we scored like in rapid time. Cheltenham away again, we just scored goal straight. Like a lot of the time, when we turned it on, we'd have like a five ten minute spell, and we scored two or three goals. And Hartlepool away, I remember that one as well. There was, there was loads of games really. There was loads of Loads of really, really good games um, where we just completely dominated the opposition, really. Yeah. It was really fun to play in. Did you ever get much let up from it? Did, did you ever get much like time off, or was it, did it, looking back, did it feel pretty relentless, you know, being, um, being there at the top? Or, or I suppose if you're top, it's you play every day, can't you? Yeah, no, it was relentless, but Cookie was, he wouldn't kill you in training especially if you're playing, so you'd get that rest, you get that downtime, get that recovery time. Then on Saturday, he'd demand you to be 100%. If not, you know, you'd feel his wrath and there'd be the meetings with the video analysts and, you know, he'd kill you if he wasn't happy. But to be fair, the way he set us up was sometimes relax during a week and then obviously come game day, just make sure we're at it. Could you hear him during matches? Because most of the... Most of the fans in, sat in the West End could just hear him say, pass, 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 pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you zone out from that eventually? No, he's, he's very vocal, um, very demanding on what he wants. And it's why he's been so successful at every club he's been at, because 
he's got a clear identity and what he wants to do and he's, he's relentless with it. Yeah. And, um, and, and yeah, um, those, that title running for the final games, you were actually suspended, weren't you? Cause you got sent off against Exeter, I think. So you missed the last three. Last, yeah. 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 I mean, what was, what was that like for you? <laughs> Sitting and watching it must've been awful. Well, I'd, I'd done my hamstring that game as well. So I probably would have missed out anyway due to injury. Yeah. Um, but we was in a strong position and the, the players were playing great as well. So I was I was fully confident. But it, it was great to watch actually, see how we'd done. Then obviously the game at Burton. Was it Burton away? Yeah. Yeah, it was class. It was class. Where were you sat for that Burton game? Were you up in the... Up in the I, was, I was on the bench with the lads and the, the bench and all that. Yeah, so that was good. Yeah, because there were a couple of great goals from O'Shea, weren't there? Okay. Yeah, Jay, Jay did really well for us. Jay did really well for us. He always caught with a big goal and he was a really good player. O'Shea on the touchline, finds a requip. Back to guard, guard his first time, crossing towards the six yard box. Bearball Hotness. It's only fun to resume for it. Humphrey's 40. O'Shea. Oh, yes! Oh, yes! Oh, no! Jay And then that last game of the season, it, I think it was Fleetwood, wasn't it, at home? Um, and and they uh, they finished like fourth. So it was, I mean, it was um, it wasn't an easy match, was it? That last that last game to try and win the title. No, no, no. There's no easy game. To be fair, I remember that big John Parkin up top. I remember him playing, but you know, the, there was just a real confidence what we was going to do that season. And even the players coming in, the players on the periphery, all were tuned in, all were focused. So whenever we needed them, they was all top notch. Yeah, and, and we were actually losing one nil, I think, at half time. But I remember back to that time, and I think even at half time, I was still convinced we were going to win, yeah. just because it was one of those seasons where you. That belief. I think it's meant to be and that it all just happens. Is that, I'm guessing that went through to the squad as well? Yeah, definitely. I think that's the best way to describe it, really. But just that belief. And I think aside from the manager, we had experienced players, we had hungry players and everyone was on the same mission. And when you get that at a club with staff as well, you're going to be on something good. Who were the biggest personalities in the party afterwards when you were celebrating? Um, Gary Roberts is a big character. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's a great guy, really funny guy. Tommy Lee, really funny. Different sort of sense of humour. Um, again, great guy. Evo, Herdy, these guys, you know, loved loved the parties. Um, so it, it was it was great to Rico as well. Rico loves it. Another big character, great guy. So we had a lot of big characters in the dressing room, to be fair. And I think that's definitely what helped us. Who would have been the guy cutting the end of your socks off and, and doing all that kind of stuff? Is that, is that um, with Gary? Yeah, uh, <laughs> probably some of Gary would do. I, I remember there was a game that season. I don't know if it was that season or the season after when he um, pulled a player's shorts down against Cheltenham. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that season. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. That that's him. He's he's sharp. He's really funny. He loves it. So then going into season two, um, that you were here. Um, what was the expectations like going into League One? Because I think from a fan's perspective, you kind of expected us to just kick on and have a, have a bit of a go, but maybe didn't expect to do as well as we did. 
Well, it changed really because the manager had been promised to sign David Davis, Leon Clark, and one other. And you get them free signings, you're thinking, yeah, we could we could get playoffs here. But then there was no money for the managers to spend. You had no money to bring people in. So pre-season, there was a little bit of a dark cloud over it, if you like, because obviously we had all this momentum. We'd probably need just two or three players just to really elevate us. But the manager didn't get backed. Um, so then it was just a case of, right, let's see what we can do. Um, and all our good players from League Two performed really well in League One. And then as we started to get a grip, and I think the MK Dons built a lot of confidence in us. They would end up getting promoted that season. But when we played them, because it was similar styles, we always come on top. We beat them three times that season, and we? we played them in the FA Cup twice in a league game. And then it was just, as you keep going, you keep going. And when we played Chef United, which was a great game for us, um, that belief, you know, the more you win, the more confidence it gives you. And there was just that feel-good factor, really. Like I said, it was, you know, me and Jimmy probably went from the best partnership in League Two to probably the best partnership in League One. That just ran over. Sometimes you don't know how it will be because each league does a significant step up. But no, we performed really well that season and um, I'm lucky to miss out. It's interesting as well, you say, about about manager not being backed because it's it seems like a carbon copy of what happened the time before when we got promoted to League One in that uh, Craig Davis went to Barnsley and uh, we were meant to be signing Clayton Donaldson and then it just never happened. Yeah. Uh, and we ended up, well, then we ended up going straight back down and getting relegated. But it's interesting the same chairman would make the same mistake twice within the space of three or four years. Yeah, and sold Doyle January, um, which should be fair, you have to go. He scored that many goals. You know, you couldn't blame him for going. Um, but even that was disappointing as well. And then Tommy Lee was injured for the playoff game. So in another time, we, we maybe could have got to the final, but it was just a bit, bit of a big ask for us. Mm, yeah. And, and some players really um, like found the feet a bit more in, in League One than League Two, it, it seemed. It's um, like obviously Doyle scored yeah. horrendous amount of goals <laughs> in League One. It was ridiculous. And I remember in that title winning season, the way that fans are, uh, there were plenty of fans moaning about Doyle saying, oh, you know, he's not scoring enough or he's missing chances to fly, which you always get in title winning seasons, which just makes it just ridiculous, really. Um, but in League One, I mean, he was scoring hat-tricks after hat-tricks and, and all sorts. It was ridiculous. It was unbelievable, really, to see and he'd, he'd score every sort of goal as well. He can just completely comport, caught fire, right foot, left foot, dinks, headers, you name the finish he'd score. Penalties never looked like missing. It was just, to be honest, it was an amazing half a season and he fully deserved that move to Cardiff. I can only imagine when you were like slipping the ball through to him and he's through on goal that you're already walking back to yeah. the halfway line because you know he scored. <laughs> yeah, he just hit that four, mate. He just couldn't miss. He couldn't miss from any angle. But to be fair to him, he worked really hard. He worked so hard that season. He employed a nutritionist. He got himself really strong. And yeah, and uh, he reaped the rewards. Did you notice as a as a midfielder how the um like the style of the league changed? Did you get any more time on the ball, or was it less time on the ball? I'm just... Um. <sighs> It was hard to describe, really, because one of the first games was Huddersfield as well, weren't it? The championship game, where we played really well then. Um, we played Leeds and Villa in pre-season, didn't we? We drew 2-2 to Leeds. 
and we beat Villa 3-1. So there was a massive confidence going into the division. We do well, and I think for us, when you're dominating games, it doesn't really change too much. So our goal was just to get on the ball, be the enforcing team, move the ball and do the same really. And we had Daniel Johnson to come in as well. He was brilliant for us. Um, and we just went from shrimp to shrimp really. So nothing nothing changed for us really. Yeah. And it was weird what happened with the whole Daniel Johnson thing, wasn't it? Because he, that was another one where the chairman didn't want to spend, what was it, like 50,000 or something. Thousand, yeah, yeah. Signing, which is unbelievable, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Don't need to say much more than just one word on that one. It's just yeah. one of those ages thing, really. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, what was it like? So you mentioned like Doyle getting insulted in January. It was right on transfer deadline day as well, wasn't it? Um, but kind of other players stepped up, didn't they? Like, um, was it Plukas ended up playing up front um, a, yeah. a little bit? Yeah, yeah, Plukas yeah. great. We brought in Byron Harrison. Um, He's another one of my close friends, um, so I won't, <laughs> I won't talk about how he did too much. <laughs> no, he did okay. He had injuries and things like that. He never yeah. got a chance, really, did he? Nah, Klukas ended, ended up playing up top, scored some good goals, and Klukas was just so reliable, um, play anywhere sort of thing. So, yeah, everyone stepped up, really. Um, but obviously, come the end of the season, you need your goal scorer there, don't you? Obviously, Preston had... Beckford and Garner and unfortunately Doyle wasn't there for us yeah and one of those early games of, of the season was the um, Sheffield United one wasn't it um, it was a 3-2 win of which there were a couple of red cards as well we ended up having like a 18 year old goalkeeper in net when Tommy was sent off that was kind of one of the highlights obviously with them being a uh, being a good local derby uh, did you enjoy those derby matches? Because you obviously we have the Mansfield one, yeah, uh, and we had Sheffield United as well. It must have been good fun. No, that was brilliant. That was class. That was class. Really, really enjoyed it. Especially the way we played as well. It was a shame, really, because we would have we would have battered them that day as well. Had it not been for the sending off, but it was a tense end to the game, weren't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the goalkeeper he was from the um, across the road from the stadium, wasn't it? Mm. So not even professional. Yeah. Well, what was it called? The is it, it parking? Is it parking? So something like that, yeah. So we didn't have a professional goalkeeper, and and to be fair to me, it must have been so nerve wracking coming on, you know. And um, yeah, <laughs> free two, which is great. And I, I remember we all went out after, and it was good times, really good times. Miles Wright, there you go. Yeah. Name. Shout out to Miles, who uh, yeah did, did brilliant. Thrashing away at Swindon. And Everett, well, Everett played the ball back there, put Tommy Lee in trouble. And what's going to happen here? Win. Oh, well, Rob. Gary Roberts with the chance here. Roberts, can he go all the way? He's got Doyle in support, but he doesn't need him. Cross comes into Johnson in the penalty area. Danny Johnson's shot. Doyle! There's no play from the lineman. It's goal number 13 of the season for Owen Doyle. 
Chesterfield now have a 3 0 lead. Doyle again rode the tackle of Jimmy Ryan very well, and the ball played in for McNulty. And Miles Wright comes out and doesn't get his hand on it, and McNulty scores for Sheffield United. The wall of two from Chesterfield. Campbell Rice puts the free kick in, and the header is home. And I think it's McNulty with the scorer. What was the night out like and afterwards? Where, where was the uh, where was the place you usually be? I know there was always around that time uh, uh, there was various uh, players partying in town afterwards. Yeah, association, weren't it? Um, so we, I think we went to Nonna's um, and ended up in association. But it was a great team spirit. It was a great team chemistry. It was great times. Like I said, them days were really good days. Yeah. Do you keep in touch with quite a, a, a few of those players then from that from that time? Do you reminisce about it? Yeah, Gary. Keep in touch with Gary. Um, obviously, every now and then, Tommy Lee. Um, I spoke to Jimmy a few times. DJ, I speak to DJ a lot. Daniel Jones. Um, I've seen Richie here and there. Some you don't see, but it was great times. I think the 10 dies a wedding in the summer, so I'm sure... I see a lot of lads there, and um, no, it was great times. It was great to be a part of. And there was some, like like you said earlier, there's loads of players that ended up Championship Ohio. There was yeah. obviously this in that preseason game against Leeds. That was obviously where Cooper got <laughs> kind of spotted. Although you scored both goals, didn't you in that game? Mm. Were you a bit bummed out that it wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, um, yeah, Coop, Coops as well. Coops is brilliant for us. Um, and it's been amazing to see him captain league since in the Premiership, which is a remarkable achievement as well. So, yeah, we looking back, we had some team, didn't we? Yeah. Two years, the, t- the team was amazing. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, obviously once Doyle had left and then we were going for that playoff spot and managed to grab sixth, um, it, was, it was great. We always kind of felt like the underdogs, especially because... Doyle, I think if Doyle had still been there, we'd have probably felt yeah. like one of the favourites for the playoffs. Is that did that kind of go through? To, what what did you feel like in terms? Do you think you had a good shout for it, or did you always feel like the underdog? No, I thought we had a great shout. Um, I think the game against Preston, they went one up at our place. We we played really well that game. Then at their place, with that being chanted, and we clukers a one on one. Then we had a goalkeeper Murphy. I don't know. I don't think he played for a year. Obviously, Tommy was injured and. It was stacked up against us. It just wasn't meant to be. Um, I think in those games, you need things to go for you and they just didn't go for us. At the end of that season as well, there was, there was loads of rumours going around fans. And I'm sure that, that you know, that, that Cook had not been, yeah. um, that it, it kind of lined up, maybe Margarita was going to sign permanently or something, or it, it, it lined it up so that he could possibly come and that then it was kind of rug was pulled from under him and that that was... And that there was a kind of sense that he was Cook was already going before that Preston game. Mm. Is, is there any is there any kind of truth in that? Did anything go around the players with things like that? Um, it was nothing we heard, but I just know from the start of the season when he didn't get backed at all, and then in January we could have signed DJ for fifty grand, and they didn't do that. So I know he was disappointed because we all was really. You know, we lost one of our best players to a rival for 50 grand. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was ridiculous, really. Um, but no, not what I know of. Everyone was focused 
Um, but obviously, from a manager's perspective, when you're not getting back like that and when you're selling your best players, you know what's going to come, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and there was definitely a sense that if, if I mean, obviously, it's ifs and buts, but there was a sense that if they'd have backed him, that even if we'd have not gone up in the playoffs that year, there was a sense that we'd have probably finished the top two the season after with that team. Definitely, yeah. There was a real big belief among the players, to be honest. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know if there was money problems at the time or whatever, but we, we just need that little push and we just didn't get it. Yeah. It's one of those things where you look at Wickham going up and you kind of think, oh, unbelievable. That was like our, our chance a few years earlier to be that Wickham team. And then um, and then we just kind of obviously mention it is in the, that time after Cook had left and, and you obviously were still here. Um, and Dean Saunders came in. What was the what was the change like when when he came in? Um, to be fair, by then all the players had gone. So obviously, Tendo went, Klukas went, Gary went, Jimmy Ryan went. So all the spine of our team had gone. Um, Dino Dino was a really good guy. To be honest, he was a good guy, done his best, but this just wasn't the same team. And funny enough, he got backed. Yeah. He got backed and he brought his own players and it just didn't work out. He probably needed a little bit more time, to be honest. But I think because of what the fans had seen under Cookie, there was this expectancy now. But it was a complete different team. Still enjoyed it. And um, I've only got a good thing to say about Dino, really, and his staff. But unfortunately, yeah, it ended early for him. Yeah. Did your role change a bit more? Because you scored a few more goals in the first half of that season than you did... Did previously have four or five, I think. And, yeah, um, not really. But he, he just said, you know, listen, I want you to, if there's opportunity to go, to go, to get gold. And yeah, it was something I enjoyed. Um, but like I said, it just wasn't the same team. There was half the team missing. Yeah. And there was, I mean, there was a good highlight. It was the 7-1 against Shrewsbury that was, I think that was like a few games before you left, I think. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. Like a good, a good thrashing. Uh, it's always nice to have a good thrashing and score seven, isn't it? Definitely. So yeah, and then you ended up eventually leaving for Wigan, didn't you? So, um, and it's funny how it was. It was Gary Caldwell that signed you, yeah. wasn't it? Which, as a Chesterfield fan, in purely football in terms, I wouldn't be. <laughs> I wouldn't have too much great things to say about Gary Caldwell because he didn't do, do very well at Chesterfield, but he did really well at Wigan, didn't he? And kind of won the league. Yeah, again, I mean, the team which won the league was an unbelievable team. He was an unbelievable team. And Gary still had to do his bit. Um, but after we got promoted, he wanted to make all these wholesale changes. Um, he wanted to bring in this player, that player. And I just don't think... There was just a bad atmosphere in pre-season, to be honest, that one. And obviously, I was on loan. I ended up going on loan to Barnsley in August. But... Shape from the offset just wasn't right. There's was a lot of things wasn't right, and ultimately set up for a really, really disappointing season. Yeah, yeah. And like you say, you ended up at Barnsley, didn't you? And uh, and I read that there was a whole thing about the they, they weren't sure when when they recalled you back to Wigan whether because the, they had like an option to buy, didn't they, Barnsley? So was there any? Did you nearly end up there full time at Barnsley? Yeah, I nearly ended up at Barnsley full time. Um, I had a really good spell there. Really enjoyed it. Love playing there, love the manager, Hecky, he's brilliant. We had a great team. It was just unfortunate, to be honest. At that time, um, at that time, Patrick was unwell, wasn't he? The owner was unwell, and we were trying to do this deal. 
and it just wasn't getting done. Um, Barnsley were messing around with the money almost where I had to stay and I stayed and probably probably my ego got the better of me. I thought I could come in and help the team stay up and whatever but really and truly the, the squad that assembled was nowhere near good enough. Nowhere near good enough. Nowhere near enough depth. Key plays injured whatever so we, we was up against it. No player would have kept that team up. Um, but obviously everything happens for a reason and then um, yeah I've had a Amazing time at Wigan. Yeah, and then Cookie comes back, doesn't he? Like yeah. <laughs> when you find out that news, are you, are you jumping up and down a bit? Well, I'd always kept in touch with him. To be fair, uh, the chairman asked me about him. I told him my opinion of him, and yeah, obviously we know each other well. Um, and it was great to have him there. And again, he achieved really good success at Wigan. Yeah, and there was a really good cup run as well, wasn't there? That that. Uh, around that time as well. Yeah, we got to the quarter-final against Southampton. We beat Man City. Um, again, Cookie did brilliant. And then, obviously, last season was on the brink of something really special until administration. And then, now is it Ipswich. Mm. Yeah, and, and like, as a... <laughs> I mean, you've got a few ex-clubs, haven't you? Obviously, with Chesterfield, we, we've been National League. And then Wigan, I mean, Liam Richardson did a, a brilliant job, didn't he, in, in, keeping, in keeping them in the league. That's like... Almost League One Manager of the Year material, just keeping them in the league, wasn't it? Must have been nice looking back as one-year-old teams. Oh, definitely, definitely. What what everyone's been through in the players, and he's done an amazing job. Definitely, I I think he should have won League One uh, Manager of the Year, hundred percent. Because to steady that ship to keep them up is an incredible achievement. Yeah, I work for an arts venue in Wigan, so I have have fondness towards Wigan. So So it's nice to see. uh, Nice to see them doing well. And then, yeah, so you're at Middlesbrough now, aren't you? Yeah, Middlesbrough now. Uh, really enjoying it. Unfortunately, my season got quite a little bit short. Did my knee, uh, but fully fit now. A really good club. And hopefully next season will be challenging. Yeah, and, and do you ever... Obviously, Neil Warnock's another ex, ex-Chesterfield player, albeit only about 20-odd games. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah, still, I didn't yeah. know that. Right at the start of his career, his first twenty odd games was a winger for Chesterfield. So you'll have to you'll really? have to some Chesterfield memories with. Uh... <laughs> no, we all do. No, again, good guy. Been very successful in his career, and I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do next season. Was he a big? Um, was he a big pull then? A big a big factor in in you in you signing? Yeah, like Cookie, isn't he? Yeah, and I just think because of his experience, his know how, he's got teams promoted out of that division before. For me, I just wanted to work under him, really. Um, yeah, so I wanted to ask a bit about um, about about football in the past year, just because it's been a really weird time, hasn't it? With obviously with pandemic and lockdown and playing without crowds, and we've had super leagues and mm. all that stuff kind of happening. What's it like being being kind of a person in the industry this year? Again, it's been strange, really. Um, it, it hasn't been the same without fans. Sometimes games can be flat. And it's weird, really, because it was a funny one, actually, because um, I was watching a Barnsley playoff game the other day, and Barnsley are very, very basic. You know, just smash it forward, put it in the channel, one touch, put it in the channel. And they've had incredible success doing that. So I was watching a game, and all of a sudden, when they're smashing the ball into the channel, no one's there. You can hear the fans, you know, you can hear the disgruntlement, which obviously you haven't heard all season. So it'd be really interesting the fans back in because 
There's no doubt about it. Some teams would have flourished without the fans and some wouldn't have without the fans. So it'll be very interesting to see how it affects football next season. Yeah, there could be a completely topsy-turvy leagues, couldn't they? There could be teams that were right near the top this season that are right near the bottom next season and, and vice versa. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And, and another thing that's been quite big this year, there's been a, a kind of really welcome uh, kind of start to lots of like social justice campaigns around football as well. We've had like Black Lives Matter and Marcus Rashford has done all his amazing work um, with food poverty and things like that. Um, and obviously you... You kind of use your platform a bit as well in um, in kind of giving things a voice that you care about. Um, do you think that's changed a little bit in football, or you know, as, as things like other people coming out and saying things, giving other footballers the confidence to? I think so. Yeah, I think you've got a platform now. You've got a platform of influence, and I think you have to use it for the right reasons. You know, um, obviously, social media sometimes gets a bad reputation for. Um, obviously the abuse of you know if you use it abusing people which obviously you shouldn't do but but the positives are like you said you can give things a voice you can share things you can even with what's going on in Palestine now um, obviously I've, I've had friends sort of speak to me and people reach out so oh, I didn't realise and they've done their own research and they've come up with their own sort of conclusions about it but it's just spreading awareness really um, and I think it is very important because you know without getting too much into it, things do get done. There was um, a place where uh, arms are manufactured in, in England and that's been shut down now through protests, through people sharing a voice. So it is important. And it's important we look after each other, really, because um, it's not about Palestine and Israel and Muslims. and It's not about this. It's just your basic humanity. Do you know what I mean? No matter what colour, race, religion you are, if, you're being oppressed if people are dropping bombs on you, if people are, are shooting at you, if, you know what I mean? If people are coming to your house and kicking you out of your house just because you've got, they think they've got a right to. You have to speak up in these matters and more and more people are talking, which is great to see. And, and last couple of things from me, there was, um, we should mention your international career because um, it's always nice when Chesterfield players get uh, get called up. We've got Thomas Hitzelsberger and... Uh, Mark Williams and <laughs> I'm trying to think of Kevin Davis, uh, people like that that have been up. Um, and you played in the 2018 World Cup, wasn't it, in Russia? Good fun. Yeah, uh, amazing experience. Um, I'd been with the national team for a couple of years and a great opportunity. Um, and it's great to come on and play because there's one thing going, another thing coming on and playing. So that was definitely my sort of highlight of my career. And it's just a surreal moment, really. And you know, from what I'd come from and worked my way up and it was just an amazing achievement for me. Yeah. And what was it like having, because it was Cavani and Suarez, wasn't it, playing up front for Uruguay? What was it, what was it like having them running around you? <laughs> well, it, was, it was a bit surreal, to be fair, watching it and the stadiums were amazing and, and then coming on and sharing the same pitch. It was just a huge honour, really, and something I'll never forget. Did At the end of the match, did you did you swap shirts or did you... Did you keep yours? No, because we, we'd lost, you see. We'd conceded pretty much in like the last minute uh, of the 90. So it's just a little bit, you don't think at the time, do you know what I mean? So no, unfortunately not. I suppose it's nice to have that match one shirt. Did you <laughs> did you keep that or did you give it to... Yeah, give it no, to I've kept it. Got it framed on the wall or not? No, not yet, but I'm going to, definitely. <laughs> Next year, Chesterfield League winning. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> 
<laughs> so how do you think you've matured since your time at Chesterfield? Because definitely in your time at Chesterfield, from when you first joined us, I mean, you were you and Jimmy Ryan were obviously top-notch right from the start, but you definitely took on like more of a leadership role um, towards the latter part of your Chesterfield career. Has that kind of that kind of carried on for you? Yeah, definitely. I've always tried to improve every season, always tried to reflect, always tried to self-analyse what can I do, how can I become better, and that's just something which just naturally develops in me, really. I think that's what it's about in football, as in life, always trying to improve and explore where you can get better and as I've got older I've, I've matured more I've grew into that leadership role and something I've enjoyed yeah and you're kind of what 30 are you this year 29 <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so so have you like started thinking about coaching badges or anything like that or are you, you um well, a few years really I thought I'm gonna do it but it's just getting round to it isn't it you know you never you never think you're gonna be 30 then all of a sudden I'm <laughs> 30 in September that is definitely something I'm going to do and something I'm keen to explore. Yeah, and you've got, so you've got, um, it's funny, you sometimes have players at football clubs where you think, oh, there's a chance that they might be back someday. <laughs> um, and, and you're definitely one of those that, it, that I kind of thought at the time, you know, there's a chance that you yeah. could, could be back one day when you're like, you know, coming up to veteran age. Of, I hope so. 35, 36. I hope so. Come back for a year or two. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs>